here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Numbers 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I want to thank Richie and Ben for sitting in. I didn't take off because of my birthday. I wasn't planning on taking off at all. There's too much important stuff going on. But I will share with you, uh, we'll get into extraordinary detail, that last week I wasn't feeling very well. And then over the weekend, I'm trying to remember which day it was, I think it was Sunday, uh, there was a little festival out here in Virginia, and I went there with my wife and my mother-in-law, and I dropped them off at a spot, and I parked, and when I walked from the car about 100, 120 feet, I had tremendous pressure on my chest, and I couldn't breathe very well. So I kind of knew what it was having had bypass and stents before. And then um, that evening, when we came home and I sat down, uh, it intensified. So I wasn't even doing anything, and then I knew I had an issue, and I went into the hospital. And they implanted another stent. So that makes three or four stents, three bypasses, that is three grafts, one bypass procedure. And it's, uh, unfortunately, it's fairly aggressive, as the cardiologist told me. And it is, I think the word he used was dispersed. The heart disease is dispersed in a number of areas. But the main blockage was 90% blocked. That's been addressed. There's a few others. And uh, we should be able to keep them under control. So I'm not going anywhere. There's a great man who passed away, a car accident, I don't know any more details, I've tried to find them, Angela Cotavilla. He was a favorite of Russia's too, and he wrote so brilliantly about the ruling class and the country class, remember that article Rush used to talk about? And um, I never met him, never spoke to him, but I was a huge fan of his. 
and apparently there was a car accident, and he uh, he, well, he passed away. And that's too bad. He was also one of the scholars and intellectuals who supported Donald Trump. There are some, you know, Victor Davis Hanson, Charles Kessler, I believe, and there are others. And uh, <clears throat> he did so brilliantly. He also had worked for a really tremendous senator way back when on the Senate Intelligence Committee. I believe he was the staff director for Malcolm Wallop, who was a senator from, from Wyoming. A man I always admired. He served three terms in the Senate. He was solid as a rock. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't live that long. He passed away in his 70s. Uh, but these are, these are great people. They're going to be missed. That's why it's so important that you and the next generation step up, as many of you do and have. Because uh, we're all, in some respects, replaceable. Irreplaceable in other respects. But it is very, very important that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that we have uh, people who are willing to step into the breach, as I feel we do. And I just heard right before I came on the air that American Marxism is number one in the New York Times nonfiction hardcover, nonfiction combined print and ebook list for the tenth week in a row. That's two and a half months. Now we will not be next week because Woodward and Costa's peril book will be, but I can tell you this. They will not do better than this book. In two and a half months, I also want to announce to you that we've now passed the one million mark. So that's ten weeks in a row, number one. This is you. You've done all this. Ten weeks in a row, number one. Over a million American Marxism copies sold in all formats. And it's the biggest book of 2021. The biggest book of 2021. I believe the biggest nonfiction book of 2021. That's a trifecta. And remarkably, you won't read about this in the Washington Post. You won't read about this in the New York Times. You won't hear about it in many conservative sites. In many, many conservative sites, you will not hear about this. You will not read about this. They have no interest in understanding your connection with the contents of this book or this program. None whatsoever. They don't learn. I don't know what it is. But it doesn't matter. Because this audience is large enough, and the reach is big enough, where it doesn't matter. But you would think they'd want to know, because they like to write about contemporary politics, philosophy, but they're so out of touch, they're so disconnected. I have endless numbers of people, publicists, contacting us, don't we, Mr. Producer, about authors? In coming September, late September, October, November, December, it's an avalanche. And they all want to come on the radio show. They all want to come on my Fox show. And so I have to be very discerning. Because they all can't and they all won't. 
because I'm not turning this into book notes on C-SPAN. That said, many of these people have had no interest whatsoever in your interests, including this book, American Marxism. They haven't even put anything on social media. Now let me tell you how amazing this is. Because of you, again, you, pat yourselves on the back. I am not on Twitter and Facebook. Everybody else on these lists is. They say, I don't want to deal with big tech, I want to get around with big tech, big tech's too liberal, big tech's censoring us. But they use big tech, and they're proud, they're self-righteous about it. We're not going to resign and give up. Well, why not? They're a business, and you're pulling your audience into their business, and they're stealing their information for marketing purposes so they can continue to be multi-billionaires. I'm not doing that to you. You want to be on Twitter and Facebook? You make your own decisions. You have free will, and that's fine. I'm not. I'm on Getter and Parler. Getter and Parler. You don't have to be, but that's where I am. So this book sold over a million copies, despite the fact it is not promoted on Facebook or Twitter. Now listen, this is a big deal. Pretend my name is Ernie Grabotsky and the book's called XYZ. It demonstrates that you don't need big tech to get your message out to an enormous number of people. Well, Mark, we're not all you. I'm explaining that you can do other things to get the message out. You don't have to use Facebook or Twitter. Many authors who use Facebook and Twitter don't even sell that many books. So this is an illustration of what is possible without strengthening these entities that are hostile to our liberty and hostile specifically to you. And so I want to thank you for this trifecta. And I think it's going to be very, very important for you too. Because think about this. If there's a million copies in one form or another of this book in the hands of a million or nearly a million people, depending on who's bought how many, but just to explain, that's a million people who've gone above and beyond who want to be engaged, informed, and want to rally their fellow citizens. This should bring a big smile to your face. One of the things I've been watching over the last few weeks is the, is the sense, the feeling, even the comments that we are going to slaughter the Democrats in 2022. I sure as hell hope that's true. But is that how you fight a race? Is that how you win a race? Tell everybody the Democrats are doomed? No, we need to organize. We need to be resolute. We need to turn out in large numbers. We can't just assume anything, regardless of the polls. I hope it's true. I think it's true, but I don't know, because it hasn't happened. Joe Biden is probably the biggest reason, the biggest reason why we expect and hope a significant turnout from people who love this country and believe in this country. But there's another reason. You. We just built a movement. Pat yourselves on the back. We've just built a movement of well over a million people. Who understand American Marxism. Who understand what's going on in this country. Who understand how we have to engage. Look at what's happening in our school systems. Look at the battles. And not just that. 
You're seeing more lawsuits against these climate change mandates. You're seeing battles with respect to non-scientific mandates that the governors and the president's putting up. You're seeing much more activism than you did four, five, six months ago. This is a good thing. This is what the mainstream media, that is the corrupt propaganda organizations, are missing. And same with many of the conservative sites and organs. Missing it completely. It doesn't bother me that we're not on their radar. The fact is, we are who we are and we exist. And so I want to salute you. Not me. I want to salute you. I've got a lot to get to. A lot I want to talk to you about. We're going to take a break now. I'll be right back. Mud Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. You know, I'm sitting here. Let me let, let me do this for a couple more minutes. Explain this just to show you how positive you should feel about yourselves and how positive you should feel about your fellow patriots and Levinites. Okay. Not only am I not on Twitter and Facebook. Not only do the mainstream corrupt propaganda media ignore me in the book. Not only do significant conservative platforms pretend it doesn't exist. Oddly, bizarrely. You look at Woodward. Woodward's on the night shows, the phony comedy shows. He's on the network shows. He's on MSNBC. He's on CNN, no doubt. All the usual 90, 95% of the media and entertainment platforms are open to a guy like him and closed to a guy like me. And American Marxism will outsell his book, Peril, when it's all said and done. How do I know? I look at the numbers. He will never catch us. He will never catch us. And he has access to all these platforms. And he is supported by 100% of the left. Which include, of course, the corrupt propaganda media. And of course, I have access to none of that. And really, the only television that I've done is on one cable channel. Fox. 
And only half of those shows. Or maybe a third of those shows. So think about that. Over a million. Ten weeks in a row, number one. And, uh, and so forth. It's a big deal. Thanks to you. So the message is getting out. A movement. Movement has been formed and is growing. It's completely off the radar. Isn't that amazing, Mr. Producer? It's really shocking. I've been part of all these movements. Very few others have in the media, if any. Whether it was the Reagan Revolution, the Tea Party movement. Um, We jumped in on Trump after the primaries were open uh, over 100% of the way. But this is a movement. This is the pro-American, anti-American Marxist movement. It really is an amazing thing that you've done here. It's an amazing thing. Again, just think about that. Without, up against all these entities and forces and plow, we are the David, they're the Goliath. All right, I want to get started on this. I only have a few minutes in this segment, but we... We're not limited by a segment. As you know, tens of thousands of Haitians found their way to our continent, up through South and Central America, through Mexico, and into Del Rio, Texas. Some 15,000 of them. The Biden administration is sabotaging America. It's sabotaging America. Now, why would they need to sabotage America? They're sabotaging America because that's what the Democrat Party feeds on. A weak America, a divided America, an economically challenged America. Because the Democrat Party steps into the breach and says, you need more government, you need more Democrats, you need more taxes and spending and redistribution of wealth as they push their American Marxist agenda. If things are going swimmingly, if the economy is booming, if the border is secure, if people are happy, what is the purpose or use of the Democrat Party? There is none. Or these various American Marxist movements. There aren't any. I want to expand on this when I return. as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. There's our man, Donald Trump. A truly unique and historic figure. Which is why he's hated. By George W. Bush and Jeb Bush. Which is why he's undermined by Chris Christie and Mitt Romney and Sass and people like that. They don't even understand what's in front of them. These never-Trumpers. I can expect it from the American Marxist movement. But the backstabber, it's a whole other story. The Associated Depressed, many Haitian immigrants camped in a small Texas border town are being released into the United States, two U.S. officials said, undercutting the Biden administration's public statements that the thousands at the camp faced immediate expulsion. 
Biden and his people are the most grotesque and unconscionable liars in politics ever. They are unseemly. They are pernicious. They just lie and lie and lie about everything. And so do their their little supporters, like Terry McAuliffe, who wants to be governor again in Virginia, Newsom, where they tried to destroy Larry Elder. They just lie through their teeth, all six of them. Haitians have been freed on a very, very large scale, quote-unquote, in recent days, according to one U.S. official with direct knowledge of operations. The official was not authorized to discuss the matter and thus spoke on condition of anonymity, put the figure in the thousands, and now they think about eight to 9,000 of the 15,000. Many have been released with notices to appear at an immigration office within 60 days, and now come that requires less processing time and I'll get into this, from Border Patrol agents then ordering an appearance in immigration court, points to the speed at which authorities are moving. The Homeland Security Department has been busing Haitians from Del Rio to El Paso, Laredo, and Rio Grande Valley. They can hardly afford more illegal aliens, too. Along the Texas border, and this week added flights to Tucson, Arizona, the officials said. Arizona's a purple state. They want to flip it. They want to turn Texas into a purple state and then a blue state. It's all a scheme. It's all sabotage. A second U.S. official, also with direct knowledge, and speaking on condition of anonymity, said large numbers of Haitians were being processed under immigration laws and not being placed on expulsion flights to Haiti that started Sunday. The official couldn't be more specific about how many. And it's interesting. In 48 hours, different committee hearings, the head of DHS, a Svengali, he won't give the true number, of people who are actually being expelled because it would demonstrate not many. And in fact, we've now learned that a family unit that's here illegally, a Haitian family unit or a pregnant Haitian woman get to stay. They get to stay. And they're getting notices to report, a notice to report. That is a request to go to an ICE facility, a request in 60 days. They're not receiving a notice to appear, which is a command to appear before an administrative immigration judge. And I saw on Fox, they said, because it's 20 minutes to process under the notice to report, and one hour to process under the notice to appear. And so what's going on here is they want to disperse these illegal aliens from Haiti, the Biden administration does, as fast as possible. So you'll forget all about it. And these individuals are coming into our country. They're not being tested for COVID. You've got less than 1% vaccine rate in Haiti because it's so damn poor and broke and corrupt. And they're bringing with them now tuberculosis and measles and other diseases that we have have largely defeated into our country. And it's not just Biden, it's the entire Democrat Party. You hear few objections from the Democrat Party, ladies and gentlemen, few. They're bringing in these hideous diseases, they're bringing them back where we've conquered them. As well as the virus. And God knows what else. 
Now, the head of DHS said the borders are not open. He's a liar. He's a filthy, stupid liar. Pisaki says they're not staying long. She's a liar. She's a liar. And the Biden administration had announced that they're all going to be removed. They're liars, these people. We have almost one and a half million illegal aliens in this country since this man walked into the White House. Almost one and a half million. The system is broken. And then they go back to their, we need to find the root causes. You're the root cause. Biden and his hacks and its mouthpieces, they're the root cause. We need to fix our immigration. We need comprehensive immigration reform. We have comprehensive immigration laws. They don't even know what they are. I see these nudniks appear on TV, and they say, look, we need comprehensive immigration reform. Congressman, they don't even know what they're talking about. We've got a thick book of immigration laws that are not being enforced. We have perfectly legitimate and useful immigration laws. What they mean by immigration reform is more illegal aliens and amnesty. And so we have really two professors, husband and wife, Marxists. And you've heard me talk about them before, as have others. Glenn did often. And that's Cloward and Piven. And Cloward and Piven, for those of you of American Marxism, Cloward and Piven talked about how you destroy the system. They were talking about welfare in particular and then take it over and expand it. You overwhelm the system. You collapse the system. Then you blame the system and those who support it and enforce it. Then you seize the system. And then you transform the system. Those are effectively the steps, and you see it occurring in so many areas of our life, especially on the border, especially immigration. You know what else they said? Those of you who have the book, it's on page 35 and beyond, that the Democrat Party, which they never liked, you know, because they're Marxists, but that doesn't matter. That is the vessel, that is the political party vessel through which... Their movement, their movement can find legs. That's where the opportunity is. They, need, they argue you've got to transform the Democratic Party. And they have. I'll talk about something a little later. The Hate America Marxists and the Democrat <coughs> Party, excuse me, are the tail wagging the dog. And they said, and they're anti-Semites, every damn one of them. They're anti-American and they're anti-Semites. And they said, we're going to block the billion dollars for Israel's Iron Dome. Now you see, Iron Dome wasn't given to Israel. Iron Dome was developed using Israeli and American technology. It was a joint project. But as strong as Israel is, it doesn't have the industrial capacity to produce as many missiles as it needs and it's a, it's, it, it is a solely defensive weapon to protect it from missiles that are fired 
against it by Hamas, Hezbollah, and others. Many of these missiles are produced in Iran. So out of trillions and trillions of dollars, they didn't squawk at all about $85 billion left for the Taliban. Not in the least. Look, I, I'm not going to get into this, these couple of guys on horses trying to prevent Haitians from coming into the country and so forth. We, we have a mess on our hands. I'm not going to allow the left and the Democrats to try and uh, bully me or, 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 or press me to focus on this one thing and so forth and so on. I understand the imperfection of all of our systems, and I know we need to get the facts, but this isn't something that's going to draw my attention for the rest of the night or the rest of the week. This is what the Democrats and the American Marxists do. They can burn down cities. They can brutalize cops. They can even kill some people. They are racist through and through. They can say anything they want about whites and Asians and Jews and so forth and so on, or even blacks who don't fall into line. Look what they did to Larry Elder and so forth. I don't need any lectures from them about morality or justice or right and wrong. We got a huge problem in this country, and it's them. That party and their surrogates. And they're doing all these things intentionally. All these things purposely. And so now all these people, thousands and thousands, are being dispersed into the United States. We don't know a damn thing about them. We don't know if they have criminal records. We don't know if they're, if, if they're perverts. We don't know... Uh, if they're wanted in Haiti, we don't know a damn thing. We don't know what diseases they may or may not have. Is this what you want, America? Is this what you want, women in the suburbs who voted for Biden? Is this what you wanted? Is this what you want, inner city America? Is this what you want? All to empower the Democrat Party? Is your allegiance? I would ask people in the inner cities. I would ask people in the suburbs. I would ask white people and black people and brown people and red people and yellow people. I would ask people of all walks of life, all income levels, is your allegiance to the Democrat Party or to liberty and unalienable rights and opportunity and your own country? Because for the Democrat Party, they wrap themselves in self-righteousness. They wrap themselves in, oh, we're for the little people. Really? We're going to give you freebies. We're going to take from the rich and give to the poor. It is all to empower them. Everything they do is destructive. It's destructive. If you beat up on businesses so badly, they're not going to hire people. They're not going to produce stuff like bread, like milk, like meat, like the things that we need to eat, like clothing, like building materials. Who are these clowns, these American Marxists? Who do they think they're fooling? Now this is shocking. The lies and propaganda that we're getting from Biden and the Democrats. The deflection into a couple of horsemen. Border Patrol agents. That'll be dealt with, trust me. Whatever happened, I don't even know. There's been a lot of explanation is... This is what they use. They're in the water. They're in a tough air. They can't drive up. There's not enough of them. They use the horses to try and uh, move people out of the way. They're not whips. They are some kind of a lasso that they use in order to signal the horse. We'll find out. But in the meantime, none of this would be happening, including the horses. 
but for what Joe Biden has done, but for what his administration has done. More when I return. Mark Levin. You know, some of the usual hard left mouthpieces in Congress on various websites and so forth attacking the Border Patrol, which has an impossible job right now. They're overwhelmed. They're concerned about humanity, they, they claim. Most of them have said very little about the American citizens who are still in enemy territory controlled by the Taliban. Most of them have said very little about the patriots who helped assist the United States, the Afghans, who are still stuck there, many of whom are being slaughtered. They talk about the Taliban like it's some kind of reform movement where women are being abused. I mean, literally whipped, and we've seen that. I haven't heard much from Maxine Waters about any of that. Have you, Mr. Producer? And we have looked. And we have looked hard. And Nancy Pelosi praised Biden's handling of all this. Just remember that. Man, we have a lot to go over. But to underscore this issue about how we're going to slaughter them in 2022, if they succeed in changing our election laws, which is in this bill coming up next week, we may not slaughter them, because that entire change is intended to empower the Democrat Party and eliminate competition. That's the purpose. And they can attack Donald Trump all they want for raising issues about fraud in elections and so forth. And the Cape May Orca, Chris Christie in irrelevancy, can attack whomever he wants. And in some areas, you know, some of the allegations are preposterous. But that said, Trump has brought focused attention to the problem of elections in this country. And lawyers like Mark Elias and law firms like Perkins Coie. And the the really illegal dirty tricks. Outrageous dirty tricks of the Clinton campaign and the DNC. Working with the FBI and intelligence agencies and quite frankly the Oval Office and others. This is another reason they hate Donald Trump. Because the guy doesn't take crap, that's why. And so for that, he's supposed to be quiet. Meanwhile, George W. Bush. Don't you wonder sometimes how he got nominated and elected? This is why the Bushies hate me. On cable TV and everywhere. I'm just asking an honest question. He's a nice enough man. But he, like, jumps in at exactly the wrong time. Apparently he's going to do a fundraiser for Liz Cheney. Would have been nice if he had actually done a full pardon for Scooter Libby, Vice President Cheney's aide, who deserved a full pardon, but that was left to Donald Trump. George W. Bush didn't have the guts to do that. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number is 877-381-3811. I want you to listen, America, all of America, to Chuck Schumer on the floor of the Senate yesterday. If you insist on a lawful immigration system, which Democrats used to insist on, Democrat presidents, Republican presidents, it was bipartisan. And if you object to Haitians pouring into this country illegally, you're xenophobic. You're xenophobic. So you can't have a legitimate concern about what's taking place. I want you to understand that. Because Chuck Schumer is an extremist and a radical when it comes to open borders. Because he's the Democrat leader in the Senate, and this is one of the ways they seek permanent power. Change the voter rolls by changing the citizenry, by changing the demographics. It's so obvious, and yet you're not allowed to say it. And yet I said it over 12 years ago in Liberty and Tyranny and elsewhere. If you understand that for the Democrat Party, it's about the Democrat Party. And that they will blow up our Constitution, figuratively, but they definitely will, and our entire economic system for themselves, American Marxism. Listen to Schumer. Cut seven, go. We've all seen these horrible images coming from our southern border as Haitian asylum seekers simply looking to escape tyranny and the problems that they have sought have been met at our doorstep with unimaginable dignity. Images of Haitian migrants. They have not been hit with whips. Thank you. They have not been hit with whips. And again, did you see this concern about the people left behind in Afghanistan? What's literally happening to women, the torture, the decapitation, the brutality, the murder? The murder? Why do they hate our country so much where they assume the worst of our people? This hasn't even been investigated yet. And yet they hate our country. And so they will give due process to any mass murder, they support the kind of uh, release, catch and release for criminals in our own country, in the front door, out the back door. But when it comes to anything that results in enforcement of the civil society, it is assumed immediately guilty. Guilty. That's how Media Matters works. That's how all these sites work. Guilty. Go ahead. Violence is completely unacceptable. This behavior must be addressed, and we must provide accountability. Now, this is the same Democrat Party that is well aware that little girls have been molested as a result of their open borders policy. That's right. That 30% of the women coming over the border are raped or otherwise molested. That God knows how much fentanyl is coming into this country. That cartels are operating in this country. And I could go on and on and on as a result of Democrat Party and Biden policies. 
And yet they do not show any level of concern or outrage or anger at all. Schumer hasn't gone down to that border to witness what's taking place. Maxine Waters hasn't gone down to that border to witness what's taking place. To God knows how many people. But this is their way to take attention away from all of it and just focus on the other. But we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can focus on all of it. But they don't want to. Whether it's Afghanistan, mama. Whether it's the border, mum. Go ahead. The images turn your stomach. It must be stopped, this kind of violence. Right now, I'm told there are four flights scheduled to deport these asylum seekers. He has, to- uh, shut him off. He has no problem whatsoever. What's going on on the border? None. Now, I want you to remember something. When it comes to Haitians... I'll be the first to point this out and underscore it. When it comes to Haitians, Haitians, they're coming off of an island country. It's it's an island that's half Haiti, half Dominican Republic. They have to cross the water to get to the continent, to work their way up across our border. What did they say about Cubans who were escaping true tyranny? What did they say about them? They would immediately send them back. Don't come. Even if you come through shark and fed, none of it matters. We're going to send you back. What did Schumer say about that? Not a word. Now why? Folks, you got you to trust me on this. It's true. Because the Cuban population votes significantly Republican. Sometimes a little less in recent years, but it's a largely Republican ethnic group in terms of their political habits. The Haitians in Florida are largely, largely, exceptions of course, a Democrat voting bloc. And so Schumer never got to the floor of the Senate, spoke about how outrageous it is to have this kind of a policy that obviously is political, that obviously benefits one group of human beings over another. He never said a word about that. And he never will. Any more than he will about what's taking place in Afghanistan as I speak tonight. Not a word. Any more than what's taking place on other parts of the border which are horrendous. Kids being molested as a result of the Democrat Party and Biden policies. Not a word. That's why I hate these people. Can I say hate? I know it's a strong word, Mr. I, I despise them. I don't even want to hear from them anywhere. They're such frauds. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to Afghanistan, 120-some people were brought here. They were very proud of it, the administration. And, of course, it's been my position, if you fought with us and next to us, And you're an Afghan patriot who helped us fight terrorism. Because remember, we went to Afghanistan. They didn't ask us to come to Afghanistan. You should be vetted. And if all works out, you should be able to come in here with your family. These are the kind of immigrants we want. But it turns out that's not the kind of immigrants we got. 
That does not mean all the people are bad. That doesn't mean all the people won't vet properly. But it's not what was supposed to happen. At a hearing today with this Alejandro Mayorkas, head of the DHS. Go, cut 10. Because I know we've seen some figures floating around that suggest that over 85% of those who were evacuated were neither SIVs, uh, American citizens, or permanent residents. Obviously, it's a very fluid picture. Um, Are you prepared to answer the questions we posed in that letter? Are you prepared to answer that today, Mr. Secretary? Yes, yes I am. And if I may, I'll provide the answer in percentage form, Congressman. So we have um, admitted into the United States over 60,000 Afghan nationals. Um, I just want you to think about this. Whatever you think of it, it's over 60,000 Afghan nationals and about 10,000 Haitians. That's 70,000 people in the course of two weeks, Mr. Producer. Maybe three. That doesn't account for the rest of the border, where the cameras are not, where the attention is not being paid due to what's going on in this international bridge. That's the usual flow of illegal immigration into the country. We're adding, folks, the equivalent of a city of a quarter of a million People every month. Every month. How many people live in your city? Everyone's not in New York or L.A. or Chicago. So, but, but figure it out. Go ahead. Approximately 7% of that population are United States citizens. Approximately 6% are lawful permanent residents. Approximately 3% are special immigrant visa holders. 3% special immigrant visa holders. In other words, there's approximately 80,000 SIVs, people who got special visas because of the extraordinary work they did with the United States military in Afghanistan who were left in Afghanistan. 97 Well, it's not 97% of them, but the vast majority of them. The vast majority of them have been left behind. 3% of 120,000 is, let's see, 3,000, 3% of 20. Okay. It's a very de minimis number, 3,600, give or take. Okay, that means about 75 to 80,000 are still there. Chuck Schumer's not talking about them. The fact that they're being tortured and brutalized, or their little kids, their little girls and little boys, and yes, little boys are raped by the Taliban too. No, no, it's the Americans who are the bad guys. The Americans, sick, the whole thing is sick. I'll be right back. Lovin. You hear them talk about progressives and moderates in the Democrat Party. You see how we use the language of the left? They're not progressives. They're Marxists. And they're not moderates. They're frauds. They've won in Republican districts or marginal districts, and they pretend to be moderates. But they vote for Trump's impeachment. They vote for Nancy Pelosi to be speaker. They vote for all these things that have make a difference. 
And then they'll throw one or two votes out, so suckers, in their districts. Oh, you know what? I like that guy. Uh, what's his name? Goshmeyer, whatever his name is, in northern Jersey. and Godheimer. Ooh, little, little fella. Godheimer. You got Heimer? I do. Well, you do. have you taken any uh, medicine for that? No. Well, I've got Heimer. I've got this got Heimer rash in my inner thigh. Politically, I think that's right. Guy's a phony. A phony. Uh, fraud, I'm trying to say. A phony. So, as a result of his idiocy and his radicalism, and as I've said, Joe Biden is a human pandemic and a human wrecking ball, his ratings are starting to suffer. The problem is, I don't think he's going to run for a second term. You want to know why? I honestly believe his his mental situation will be so bad that it's simply not possible that even the Democrats will move him aside. For the Churchill of our time, Kamala Harris. I'm not sure they're going to be that excited about Kamala Harris, to be frank with you because she's a disaster too but we have to deal with what we have right now so according to Gallup Biden's approval rating you've probably seen this all day hits a new low of 43 percent Harris is at 49 percent I don't even know how Harris is at 49 percent I don't even know what the hell she's done eight months after Biden's inauguration his job approval rating has fallen six points to 43 percent the lowest of his presidency and for the first time, a majority, 53%, now disapprove of his performance. His performance? Performance? He's like a comedy dummy. He's like a mannequin in the, in the window of Macy's. What performance? And so, uh, let's see here. Afghanistan, disaster. Border, Disaster. The virus, which was actually being defeated thanks to Operation Warp Speed and the therapeutics and so forth, now it's another disaster. He takes three vaccines and therapeutics, now it's turned them into a disaster. But again, they use their autocracy, that is, their, their iron fist, because they think that somehow that will get rid of the virus. Now just think about it. Let, let's step back a second. You don't have to be a scientist, you don't have to be a college grad, you don't have to be a high school grad. Just use your own mind, what God gave you. Every weekend, the football stadiums, college football stadiums, and they're bigger than a lot of the professionals, are full. You notice that, Mr. Producer? No six-foot rule. And by the way, we now know there was no rationale behind that. I'll get to that if I have time. There's no six-foot rule. And most of these kids aren't even wearing masks, are they? And there they are. And there's no massive outbreak. Well, Mark, that's because of their age. You know, they're young people. Okay, then why are little kids having to wear masks in school? Why are little kids having to wear masks in a classroom, and yet every weekend we can watch college football where there's tens of thousands of people crowded into a stadium who are older than those little kids? So this isn't about science, it's about, I mean, some of these people, the politicians, are definitely fascistic in the way they conduct themselves. But the scientists are like the scientists of old in too many respects, you know? 
were the doctors of old, like the doctors who tended to George Washington and killed him. They kept bleeding him to get rid of his, his illness, which may have been the flu. Or Lincoln, who couldn't have been saved, shot in the head, and they took this really thin poker, and they kept poking in there to, you know, where's the bullet? Where's the bullet? I mean, medicine has come very, very far, don't get me wrong, but some of these people have not. And so you have rioters, one set of rules, Orthodox Jews in Brooklyn, another set of rules. You have abortion clinic, one set of rules. Churches, another set of rules. You have uh, the big box stores, one set of rules. The little stores, mom and pop store, another set of rules. Politicians, one set of rules. The average schmo, another set of rules. You see what I mean? This isn't science. And they get more and more iron-fisted in their demands. And in their propaganda that you're killing people. So he's at 43%. It's the second significant decline since June. His honeymoon rating's near 55%. Well, you can see there's no honeymoon. His greatest decline is among independents. Of course, Democrats approve of Biden doing has remained high and not varied more than eight points since he took office. Their highest rating was 98%. Currently, it's 90%. So 90% of Democrats think Biden's doing a good job. Are they, are they like on drugs or something, Mr. Producer? 90% of Democrats think Biden's doing a good job. God help us. Republicans. <laughs> 6%. <laughs> Smart people. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. So Democrats have blocked a memorial for heroes at the National Mall. Democrats took out a billion dollars from Israel's Iron Dome defense system. And you can see they hate America. And then you have the aggressive Marxist wing, which is anti-Semitic. I've been trying to explain this for years now. And still you have like secular Jews who vote with the the anti-Semites. It's an amazing thing. It's disgusting. Or you have, you know, like blue-collar workers, many of whom are Catholic, who believe in their faith, and then they'll vote for somebody like Biden, who's the most extremist when it comes to abortion, of any president we've ever had. Strange things. Strange things. All right, let's take some calls. Evan, Fargo, North Dakota, on the Mark Levin app. Evan, how are you? Mark, how are you doing? All right. Um, so I am sitting, taking a environmental science class right now in college for my four-year degree, and my teacher is a degrowther. 
One of these questions for this test is, uh, which of the following is most beneficial for the environment? The answer, a long economic, economic recession. Now, in your book that I read, I don't know, a couple months ago, in your uh, climate change chapter, right. everything that you said in that chapter is exactly what he's preaching we need to do. Mm-hmm. It's, exa- it's a whole chapter. It's one of the longest chapters, and that's right, because these truly are degrowthers. And I read who he reads, and then regurgitates it to you in the classroom. I read these so-called iconic uh, scholars in the degrowth slash climate change slash Green New Deal movement. I read the same books that this fool has read, and now it's all about propaganda, Evan. That's all it is. It just makes me sick. I gave your book to my sister, who's going to an Ivy League school, and she laughed at me. Mm-hmm. It's frightening. Just, it's, an up, it's an uphill battle, but we're going to win. We need to take these institutions back so they stop producing these fanatics and reprobates, stop brainwashing people and the groupthink. And uh, there are many ways we can do this, as I have in Chapter 7 and I've talked about on the air. But there is no reason why we have to keep fully funding these institutions. There's no reason why everybody has to go to these institutions. There's no reason we have to give tenure to out-of-the-closet Marxists. We don't have to do these things, particularly in states that have Republican legislatures and governors. It's time to put our foot down and, and say no. All right, Evan, let me send you a signed copy of American Marxism. Don't hang up. Thank you, my friend. Let us continue. John Mateka, I guess it is, or Mateka, California. How are you? Yes, doing good, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Got it. Uh, My point is, uh, by their words, deeds, and votes, Democrats have undermined our borders and Constitution for over 50 years. And every 20, 30 years, going back to the 70s, they say, oh, we have too many illegals to deport. And, you know, that's not passionate. And that's terrible. No, no, wait a minute. I have to disagree with you there. In the 1990s, they supported securing the border. They supported a wall. They voted for it. They helped fund it. So this aspect of their position has changed literally in the last 20, 25 years. They, um, and also in the 1970s, this is in Liberty and Tyranny, 60s and 70s, uh, they were trying to secure the border. It was uh, they who started the phrase wetbacks and, uh, uh, and um, a number of individuals, including Ralph Abernathy and uh, Eugene McCarthy and Walter Mondale and others, went down to the border, insisted we close the border because back then, The Democrats viewed power as if we can unionize all the American farm workers in this country, they'll all vote Democrat. And so when business was bringing in these quote-unquote, their phrase, not mine, greenbacks to undermine them, it undermined the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party has reversed course. The big unions have reversed course. And they now have taken the position that, you know what, the hell with it. Uh, We want to change the citizenry will increase our membership will increase our votes and so they've really done a uh, 180 well did is it wouldn't it be easy to show by the number of illegals that they have allowed in and correlation to how most of them vote democrat to show how they and what states they sent them to 
to oh, show... I know. People are already doing that. You can find it on the Internet. And uh, people will say, well, legal aliens can't vote. But even if you accept that, the fact is that at some point they have children and the children become American citizens and they can vote. And they reach a certain age and then you have chain migration. You bring more and more people in. All right, don't hang up, John. We're going to send you a signed copy of American Marxism. Let us continue. Let us continue. Pamela. Uh, what is that? What's the name of your town? That doesn't look by Byron. What's the name of your town? Byron. Byron, Byron, not by Byron. B-Y-R-O-N. Yes. Georgia, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Um, fine, thank you, sir. I was going to say, um, this sort of ties into what you're talking about with the open border. We were with the military in Germany, and I saw this happen in Germany in real time. Never thought I'd see it happen in my own country. But then the Germans were allowing in Middle Easterns, mainly right. Turks and Jordanians. And they would allow in large, large groups of single men. And they would, um, and, and this was done to undermine their middle class. And, and they would scatter them. And the fact is, crime went through the roof. Whether people crime want to admit it or not, when you have a clash of cultures and you don't have assimilation, and people are coming into uh, Germany or wherever they're coming into, uh, you had a significant increase in crime in, uh, in Germany. Still do. Right. Women, women would, would not walk down to the market to get their groceries buttons. But but what I was going to say is the way this they further undermined it was through free education, supposedly free education for the college students. And the way they did this, they'd have each student who wanted to go to a college fill out a form and list their top three professions that they wanted to go into. All right. My little lady's oldest daughter. We're losing our connection. I apologize, Pamela, because it sounded very interesting to me. We're going to send you a signed copy of American Marxism. I apologize to you. We just can't hear you anymore. Let's go to Kim, Yorktown, New York, the great WABC. Kim, how are you today? Hey, Mark, I'm great. How are you? Good. So with all the lunacy and hypocrisy going on in our world right now, I thought you could use a cute story, and then I have a really quick question for you. Mm-hmm. So when my kids were younger, they, were, they would go to CCD, you know, the Catholic um, religion class. And I would pick them up at 6 o'clock, right when your show would start. So I had that on in the car. And uh, I'm not going to lie, at first they were not that interested. By the way, this and, is typical. But that's okay. Go right ahead. That's, but, but listen, but you would get fired up and start yelling about, you know, an issue, and they would sit up in their seat, and they were like, wow, what's going on? So little by little, it just became a thing. We listened to you every week coming home from religion class, and the conversations that we started having, and they, they learned so much from you, it became a thing where you were you were called Uncle Marky. So it was like they got in the call and I'm like, all right, guys, come. That is so sweet. And we would. It was great. So they are fierce conservatives. They now are 20 and 22 years old. 
one um, went to school in New Hampshire. All the, you know, um, when the elections were going on, everyone was visiting my son's college town. And they would knock on the door, you know, looking for support, like, you know, Elizabeth Warren and um, oh God, everybody was visiting. And he would say, he'd answer the door and he'd go, don't bother, we're on the Trump train here. I mean, it, it's they are so How old are they now? It's amazing. 20 and 22. So Good one for is you. still in college. Yeah. And we're getting all those questions um, that you're one of your first callers, all those, call, you know, the indoctrination is going on. But they are holding. I've got to go. I want to tell you, this is a fantastic story. I really appreciate it. Don't hang up. I want to send you a signed copy of American Marxism. And hopefully that will answer a lot of the questions they're getting in college or a lot of questions they have as a result of being in college. That's one of the points. Don't hang up. And I shall return. Lovin. Loudoun County, Virginia, was a Republican county for a long time. I moved out to Loudoun County, Virginia over 20 years ago. It was a Republican county. It was a well-run county. <clears throat> I think it was the wealthiest county in the country. 80% of all the Internet traffic goes through Loudoun County. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? And it's growing. They're just these massive buildings without windows all over the place. And then the Democrats took over the Board of Supervisors and they took over the school board in one election. Because the county has become Democrat due to two things. People moving into this area from Maryland and D.C. as well as other parts of the country who are Democrats. And decades of open immigration. And so Loudoun County is now a blue county. Light blue, but almost dark blue. Biden got over 60% of the vote here. George H.W. Bush got over 60% of the vote here. So you can see what happened in a relatively short period of time. You can look at California. These other, this is all intentional. This is all a strategy, sabotage. So incredibly radical buffoons have become members of the board of supervisors and the school board. And so I have this from Fox 5 DC. The Loudoun County Board of Supervisors is taking up a proposal to launch a study on whether reparations are in order to rectify a history of racial discrimination. Throughout the summer, The Loudoun County Public Schools community has been locked in fiery meetings over so-called critical race theory and transgender rights. Yes, so-called. There's scholars, books, essays, enormous amount of it, but it's so-called. But on Tuesday night, County Supervisor Julie, J-U-L-I, Briskman, will call for a vote on her new initiative for both the county government and public schools to study what she called the harm caused by the county's discrimination of black residents and its impact on black students. The vast majority of people in Loudoun County are newly in Loudoun County. The vast majority, nothing was done to their ancestors. It's exploded in its population. But it doesn't matter. 
Quote, the anti-CRT movement is much more about today and what we're teaching today. And my board member initiative is looking back at potential harm that was because they can't even speak English. Harm that was because we operated segregated schools illegally against the ruling of Brown versus the Board of Education, Brisbane said. So the Democrats want to relitigate all this stuff, and yet they were the ones who supported segregation. They were the ones early on who supported slavery. And so they keep picking at these scams. And the Levin proposal, which has been around, what, for about two decades, Mr. Producer, is that the Democrat Party should pay reparations. If you hear anybody repeat that, you know they're plagiarists, as there are many. The Democrat Party should pay reparations. The Republican Party was established to defeat slavery and segregation. The Democrat Party fought for slavery and segregation. So, when you go to that school board meeting, excuse me, when you go to this county board meeting, the supervisors meeting, you ought to say, you're going to study study the role of the Democrat Party, and the Democrat Party should pay the reparations. Of course, nobody should pay reparations. Now, they keep pushing this stuff to try and mainstream it, to get it in the conversation. Then they have a few professors go on TV to say this is a smart thing. Then you have fools like Chuck Todd who oh, this is a great thing. Then they get the ball rolling, you see. And so Brisman cites several examples and so forth. They say, but with tempers having already flared up in Loudoun County in school board meetings, Brisman said she's not concerned about turned up the heat. I'm just reading the way they wrote it. With the debate on disparities because she starts, it's a systemic issue that needs to be dealt with. You know what? It's a systemic issue that needs to be dealt with the Democrat Party. It never supports the country. It's about the most un-American institution. I've said before, if you're going to abolish anything, abolish the Democrat Party. It was behind slavery and segregation, but the Democrats would not do that, of course. They want more power. But they don't support constitutionalism, republicanism. They go from slavery and segregation to uh, American Marxism. It's never Americanism. I'll be right back. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Kevin McCarthy is scheduled to be here in about 10 minutes or so. So I started writing about this immigration issue in Liberty and Tyranny some years ago. The history of it, the background of it, and how the statist, as I explained then, and now I think American Marxism is more accurate, even 12 years later. Why do you think the Democrats and some of the surrogates in the media and the professors write about the browning of America. You're attacked if you even bring this up, but they bring it up. So I'm just commenting on it. 
that this is a goal of immigration. Now, the purpose of immigration, ladies and gentlemen, isn't to benefit one race over another, one color over another, or to transform the citizen. That's not the purpose of immigration. The purpose of immigration is to benefit the citizenry. Because the citizens are the country, not the government, not the politicians. You're the country. So why is it that they keep talking about the browning of America or that the that whites, which is, I guess, everybody, which is another phrase that's bizarre, another term, but that whites will soon be a minority, not the majority, and this is a good thing. Obama used to talk about this. Why is it a good thing? Why is it a bad thing? But why does he think it's a good thing? Why do these activists think it's a good thing? Why are they obsessed with this? Well, number one, critical race theory. So they feel they can build up their Marxist movements. Critical race theory and so forth. Reparations, whatever it is. Because the attack is constantly on the white dominant society. I hate talking about this stuff. I really do. But they're the ones that throw it up into our faces. And there are policies in place now to do these things. Number two, why do you think the border is wide open? Again, to affect the nature of the population. Why else would they do it? Same reason they keep the Cubans out, because they know most or many might vote Republican. And then they accuse you, they say, and see that you're afraid of the browning of America. You're not afraid of anything. Immigration has a purpose, and the purpose isn't to brown America or white America or anything America. It is to improve the standards of the civil society. People do not have a right to come into this country. The citizenry is to decide through the elected representatives who come into this country. And it reminds me of something I wrote. You know, when you write all these books, you remember all these things that you studied. It was the Supreme Court that conferred free public education on illegal immigrants. It was the Supreme Court that conferred emergency health care and beyond on illegal immigrants. The voters never did that. The people never did that. The open border today, the people haven't said they support an open border. They didn't vote for Biden or anybody else to see what's going on in the southern border today. So this is part of the American Marxist movement, they used to call it, or they still do progressivism, to socially engineer the society. And so if you have resistance in the society based on the, the ancestry or beliefs of certain people, what do you do? You change that society. What else do you do? You make sure people are not assimilated into the existing culture or society. So you balkanize. All these things are being done. All these things are being done. So you have people flooding into the country. They're not assimilated into the culture. You have critical race theory going on, which is pure racism. That's being pushed, attacking the quote-unquote white-dominant society. The white-dominant society, the Democrat Party brags, Obama, Biden, others, will cease to be white-dominant. It's just a matter of a 
another decade or less where they uh, where people are imported who are uh, who are non-white. That's what they're doing. How do we know? That's what they tell us they're doing. And God forbid if you speak out against it. God forbid if you say that this isn't the reason we're supposed to have immigration in this country. Immigration isn't for the immigrant. It's for the citizen to determine what's needed in the country or what contribution could be made to the country. And yet when you have people pouring over the border, just walking in, people 48 hours ago who were on that, under that bridge, who are now somewhere in our country, that's not immigration, that's lawlessness, that's anarchy, that's chaos. We don't know who these people are. I mean, they, they know who we are, the IRS tracks us, if necessary, the FBI tracks us. Corporations track us. We have IDs. We have uh, social security numbers. We have driver's licenses. They have all kinds of information on us. But if you just walk across the border and so forth and so on, we don't know a damn thing about you. Not a damn thing. And these universities and colleges, ladies and gentlemen, they're the worst. Here we have the college fix. UC Berkeley's latest cluster hire, quote-unquote, sounds like a cluster something, Mr. Producer, fails to add intellectual diversity by Caitlin Richardson, UNLV. UC Berkeley announced a climate equity and environmental justice cluster hire in early September featuring five new faculty members the university hopes will bring greater diversity and work together to address threats to, quote, vulnerable and marginalized groups and or to the natural world. I mean, this is just problem. We want the cluster to be able to work together intellectually on some of the most entrenched problems the country and world are facing. To be greater than the sum of the parts, track graduate students to be a social support for each other. Raka Ray, dean of Berkeley's Division of Social Sciences, said to Berkeley News. Of the five professors, all are advocates of climate change and many of research focuses that center on social justice. Again, in American Marxism, I talk about, and they talk about, this intersectionality, about all these Marxist movements and how they overlap and intersect. Social justice and engineering are treated like oil and water when they should be treated like cookies and milk, she says on our website. So in other words, every area of study needs to be saturated with this poison. Another new hire, Daniel Aldana Cohen has been active in the Green New Deal policy development and co-authored a book promoting the policy in 2019. His research centers on investigating the intersections, there you go, of climate change, housing, political economy, social movements and inequalities of race and social class in the United States and Brazil. Zoe Hampstead, who was brought onto the team for her work in city planning, is currently working on a project called Critical Heat Studies which, quote, applies tenets of racial justice developed within legal and educational theory to understand why thermal insecurity has long been neglected as a fundamental environmental threat and social determinant of health, although it is deadlier than all other weather-related disasters. The insanity. The university has promoted the cluster higher as filling a need for greater diversity of ideas, but the explanation of intellectual diversity given by Ben Hermel and Vice President Vice Provost for the faculty was unusual. 
Quote, higher education hasn't been diverse in its topics of inquiry, its academic pursuits. It's been too Eurocentric, too focused on the issues of people who are doing relatively well. Population has gotten neglected. It's a mush, but it doesn't matter. It's all part of the American Marxist movement that I keep talking about. Now, you and I, you and I are very comfortable talking about American Marxism. But even when you turn on our favorite cable channel, or when you read various writings on different sites that you check out, they are frightened. They are scared to death to use the phrase American Marxism because they really don't understand what it means. Because unlike you, they haven't read the book. They're afraid to say, in fact, they'll say socialism, which plays right into their hands. We're not talking about socialism. We're talking about much more than socialism. Socialism is an economic issue. We're talking about economics, but well beyond the civil society, the culture. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. It's a pleasure to have the Republican leader of the House, Kevin McCarthy, on. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, and congratulations on just passing the one million <laughs> books sold. How big is that? It's big. I'm telling you. Thank you, Congressman. Thank you. Well, here's the thing. There's an army of millions of people out there who've had enough. They've had enough right. of this. It, let me ask you this. I mean, you're in this position. You see it even better than many of us. Every damn thing this guy touches turns into crap. I mean, the border, Afghanistan. And what I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight is these votes that are coming up on the economy, this massive, it's really five, $5.5 trillion yeah. bill, omnibus bill. We Americans don't really know what's in it, but they will change our lives for good, won't they? It will be the worst thing possible. And, I mean... You were 100% correct. The Biden administration is just wrecking our reputation. Um, you think about what he has done. He cannot manage anything. The first sign was the border. He, he ignored it. It becomes a crisis. He wouldn't acknowledge it. Then he pushes it off to the vice president, right? Afghanistan comes. He ignores all the recommendations people give him. And no one could have done it worse. But I've never thought in my mind that I'd ever see an American administration knowingly leave Americans behind. Mm-hmm. That is something we never do. And now you watch what's happening in Congress. Just this week, do you know what the Democrats just did? They pulled $1 billion. After they're spending trillions of dollars, pulled a billion dollars out not to fund the Iron Dome. Now, why would they do that? Israel. Who's responsible for that? They are responsible because you know what? They are a pro-BDS, far-left radicals. They just sent a message around the world that they no longer stand with the people of Israel in their mission to defend themselves. This is a defensive weapon. And you know what? It was AOC, Tlaib. They lead the party. They, and you know what the Republicans did? We put an amendment up to add the billion back for the Iron Dome. Every single Democrat voted no. So I don't care what they tell you. They are pro-BDS. They are anti-Israel, and they proved that. That is, sho- that is shocking. These, you know what bothers me? These phonies from so-called moderates in these Republican or marginal districts, they vote hard left 99% of the time. They put Pelosi in power. Look like this vote now. They vote the wrong. Then they run home, and they, they have three or four votes. They say, look at me. I'm a moderate. 
Yeah. They, they join a club to give themselves that title, and then they vote with them all the time. They, they said they were going to stand up and not let her start the reconciliation. Not only did they fold, they, they deemed it, meaning you couldn't even debate it. And you're right. It's not $3.5 trillion, It's five, more than $5 trillion. And what's worse about this, it'll be even more than that because they're instituting new programs that will never go away. It becomes big government socialism. It's really scary, and they have, what, I hear a four-vote majority? They, they have no mandate. It's 50-50 in the Senate. I mean, as bad as some of the FDR stuff was and, some of the, and, the, and, and, and John Lyndon Johnson, they had massive majorities. These people have nothing. Yes. Obama had 60 in the Senate and a 40-seat majority in the House. And they, you're true. They only have a four-seat majority. If we had four Democrats vote with us, it would, it would break it. Why are so many of these, tell me this, human nature there, but why are so many of these Democrats willing to uh, commit Harry Carey for Nancy Pelosi? I don't get it. I don't get it either. They're afraid of her, but more importantly, AOC is running the party. Mm -hmm. She can walk into the Met instead of go listen to the small businesses, says tax the rich while she's sitting at a $35,000 ticket. Mm -hmm. I mean, what hypocrisy is there? Everything the Democrats have continued to prove, it's all they do is create problems. What's tell us is they ignore the problems they ignite. You tell, it, tell, tell us. Are you not furious watching yeah. Are you it, kidding? It's America. <laughs> what? Yes. Trust me, I pound the table a lot. Here's my question. Tell yep. us some of the big things that are in this multi-trillion dollar bill. I mean, isn't it voting and they try to amnesty and these other things? Oh, they've tried everything, but in the Senate, you have what is called the Bird Rule. It hasn't met the criteria. But let me tell you what they, when they really talk about how they're going to um, help the working American. You know what they do in their tax bill? They increase it. So if you're making $800,000, the taxpayer is now going to subsidize you for getting the Tesla. And they're going to help you, your kid at Yale. For $800,000, they increase the ability there. But then they go after somebody who wants to invest and be, get get create jobs. They create new programs after new programs. The Green New Deal, remember what this is. This is a redistribution of wealth. You talk about it in your book. They go and punish people they dislike and reward things they want. Mm -hmm. How much money are we talking about here? In other words, I know it's five trillion and silver, but they want to create all these new freebies, right? These new freebies that never go away, they won't fund them till eternity. You create preschool, free this, free that, from, from cradle to grave. Take away incentive to work. Take away the incentive to make America better. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't like the hold oversight hearings of the Biden administration either, do they? Like Afghanistan and, and Hunter Biden and, and all that. I don't see any of that. Is that not going on? No, because they... They won't hold hearings. They won't hold oversight. And think for one moment. Here we are, and I've got to thank every veteran, every Gold Star family for your service. What you did, you kept our country safe for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. But now this president, the decisions he made, taking out innocent lives, but doesn't want to talk about that. Then you watch ignoring the recommendations that people had and leaving Americans behind. Why wouldn't the Democrats join with us? Those are Americans left there. And answer me this. Has anyone heard a plan to bring them home? No. Anybody. 
Do they have a, but they made a decision to leave him there with no plan to bring him back. Let me tell you a secret. Many of them are not coming home. And no. many, of the, many of those Afghan SIVs are not coming home. And uh, you don't hear Pelosi or Waters or any of them talk about what's happening to the women over there. Uh, the little girls that are being married off and so forth. They don't talk about any of that. In fact, here's one of the things that really bothers me. You know, say what you will about Republicans. You do a break off Republicans who will criticize the Republican administration. You have almost none of that with Democrats. It's like they walk lockstep and they never break rank. It, isn't that amazing? It, it is amazing that they do that. But remember, Republicans were individual thinkers. We're not afraid of having a debate. We're not afraid of criticism. And you know what? If we find a crisis and we created it, we want to fix it. That's different in the Democrats. They want to ignore it. Listen, Kevin, if you need us yeah. anyway to block this damn $5 trillion thing. We talk about it every night. We've got to fight this thing. You let me know. what. We've got it. All right. Save America. Just defeat this bill. All right. God bless. Take care. We'll be right back. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. Bill McCollum, Michigan, on the Mark Levin app. Bill, how are you, sir? I'm good, Mark. How are you doing? Okay, buddy. Thank you. You got you, you to gotta take care of yourself because we need you out here. Well, you're very kind. I'm working cu- on it. I got, yeah, I got a couple quick stories. Yeah. I was at my doctor's office in the waiting room reading your book, and some guy gets up from across the room, sits in the chair next to me, and says, hey, is that the same Levin that's on Fox? Hmm. And I said, yeah. And he said, I wish he'd get his own show. Well, I had my own I show. I educated him. Yeah. I educated him about your show, and I yeah. told him he could listen to you three hours every night. Thank you. And he was very surprised. And then another story, I was listening to a podcast, and Senator Ron Johnson came on. He was really hot about something that had happened. And in the next 10 minutes, he cited your book twice. You know what? He's actually listened to the full audio. He told me he he is a great patriot, by the way. He really is, yeah. and uh, and a very good guy. Well, that's very nice of him. If more people will actually read it and get it, particularly in Washington D.C., I think we make a hell of a lot of progress. Exactly, I agree. Well, Bill, you're very very kind. Let me send you a signed copy of American Marxism. So don't hang up. It's a pleasure to hand them out. Let's continue. Sandra, the Bronx, WABC, our great affiliate in New York. How are you? Hi, how are you? Thank you so much uh, for for responding, and thank you so much yes. for the support. Um, I just uh, have two issues to address. Uh, first of all is immigration, and second one is, is health care. They are really related to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, as a legal immigrant to this country, mm-hmm. um, I believe the current situation is not only slapped in the face for all the people, all the Americans, but also naturalized citizens that came here legally, that mm-hmm. followed the process, the law process. Uh, you know, um, years and years 
of of um, checking and and making sure that you got the papers. It's very it's very very stressful. It's a lot of work. Uh, just to add that. Uh, yes, biometrics. I mean, all of this, it takes a long time. It's very stressful, and um, that's, that's one thing. Uh, so what they created with this is chaos, basically, and um, only through chaos they can operate uh, this. Um, the second thing I want to add is uh, health care. And uh, as a registered nurse in New York, um, more and more nurses are leaving, not just, um, not just in New York but across the country. They're leaving because of the mandate. Um, healthcare system has been broken up before the COVID crisis, and now this is just kind of COVID was just a catalyst. Uh, it just increased more and more um, the difficulties that we had before. It was just getting worse and worse now. So um, it's important to address the healthcare because uh, we have Medicare, Medicaid, and Medicare that is intended for American citizens. We have uh, about 22 million illegal aliens, according to MIT study, Sloan School of Management, uh, that's been registered. Um, so with new influx of immigrants, how much um, there's going to be a, a more and more um, difficulties with healthcare system, it's going to be burdened even more. Oh, hell yeah. So the American citizens. Well, will the American citizens get the care that, we, that they need? No. Will the veterans get the care that they need? No. Um, so that's that's very important thing, and it's not just I'm not just putting it on healthcare, but it's really important because well, we listen, are- I I have to roll, but I'm going to say you raise a very very important point. We have limits on doctors now. A lot of doctors don't want to stay in their practices anymore. Hospital beds, uh, medicines, and so forth. We're bringing the poorest of poor people into this country. The poorest of poor people into this country. More and more are going to get free health care. They're going to get Medicaid. They're going to get Medicare, Obamacare. They're going to collapse this health care system. People better start paying damn attention to this. You're exactly right. You're exactly right, Sandra. Thank you for your call. Don't hang up. We'll send you a signed copy of American Marxism. Folks, this is a big deal. These services are going to really deteriorate. They're going to deteriorate. You're going to have poor people coming into the country who've contributed almost nothing, or nothing, who are going to be using this massively expanded welfare state that they want to pass, in addition to the massive welfare state we already have. I mean, free education for all means illegal aliens. Free health care for all means illegal aliens. You're bringing people in here by the millions? The millions. That's, that's not a small city. That's a big city. I mean, it's just shocking to me what these bastards in the Democrat Party are doing to this country. And the bastards in the media regurgitating this stuff. We're not heartless, unless you believe American citizens who've built everything, who've paid for everything, for whom this government exists, should allow these so-called elites to destroy their society. Bernie Sanders didn't build this country. AOC contributed nothing to this country. Nancy Pelosi and her husband have taken from this country. And Joe Biden's been on the government dole his entire life. These people didn't create products and services and wealth and all the rest of it. They are creatures of government and they are power-hungry narcissists. That's the truth. 
Let's go to Greg, Akron, Ohio, XM Satellite. Greg, go right ahead, please. Hey, Mark, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, Hey, you know, I just wanted to bring up the, you know, like issues versus opportunities. To me in my life, I've always looked at issues being a, a way that I could I could create an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It goes all the way back to when I was in the martial arts. You know, I would I would go against a competitor that was much bigger, stronger than me, mm-hmm. and I was always looking for a way to to take what he was giving and turn it into an opportunity for me to win. And I think we need to do the same thing with with these uh, Democrats. You know, they want to bring millions of people across the southern border. So why don't we figure out a way? That we can take these illegal immigrants and make them an asset for us. Because because many of them are illiterate in their own language, and they make them an asset for us. There needs to be some basic understanding of unalienable rights and civil society and representative government. And this is also why the Democrats don't support assimilation. Because if you start to think for yourself, you uh, you aren't a uh, a buffoon who just marches in line with the Democrat Party. So I hear what you're saying, and it sounds very uh, persuasive, but it's not, you can't just do it. Um, particularly while they're handing out free this, free that, free this, free that, and you're trying to teach people how to read and write and understand uh, basic principles of the civil society. It doesn't work. That's why you can't have so-called immigration like this with millions of people coming here from all over the world mostly the third world, impoverished, illiterate, a massive wealth. I mean, even the great Milton Friedman, a libertarian and one of my heroes, said, you can't have open borders in a welfare state. You'll destroy the society. And that's what we have. So first things first. That's why I lay out, in my view, the case in American Marxism, what we have to do and what the problem is. These are enemies. They're not opponents in this, these various American Marxist movements. When you look at AOC or Presley or, or Baker or any of these, uh, these Marxists, that is the future of the country if we don't win. That kind of an ideology. All right, my friend. Excellent call. Martial arts, that's a good thing. We're going to send you a signed copy of American Marxism. Spread the word, brother. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. So let me ask you folks a question. The Democrat Party votes to deny Israel $1 billion worth of Missiles, Iron Dome missiles, defensive missiles to shoot the missiles out of the sky that the Iranians are giving to Hamas, among others. One day, maybe they unfortunately shoot nuclear weapons out of the sky. The group is led by Talib, anti-Semite, AOC, anti-Semite, Presley, anti-Semite, Omar, anti-Semite, and the Democrat Party, the home of the anti-Semites. So the Republicans, McCarthy, leads them and puts a bill on the table and says, okay, let's have a straight-up vote on, uh, on adding that back. Every Republican votes yes, every Democrat votes no. 
including the Jewish Democrats, like Gottheimer. What's his name? Gottheimer, the little creep in northern news, voted no. Wow, that was technical. We were gonna... No, no is no. So, they don't mind money going to the Palestinian terrorists. They don't say a damn thing about $85 billion to the Taliban terrorists. And on and on and on. But Israel. Israel. Now, do the mainstream media talk about the anti-Semites in the Democrat Party? Never. The corrupt propaganda media? Never. They never call them out. Fake Tapper? D. Lemon? Fredo Cuomo? No. Angela Mitchell? No. Brian Williams? Hey, I remember on D-Day when I was part of the Normandy, you know him? None of them. How about Chuck Todd? Nothing. And mo- many of the people I'm referring to are secular Jews. And they don't say a thing. But it's not just them. You know, Andrea Mitchell, Chuck Todd, Jake Tapper, some of the others. But these died-in-the-wool Democrats who dress up as journalists who are propagandists. Nothing. Anyway, it's amazing, isn't it? Renee, Fairfax, Virginia, the great WMAL. How are you, Renee? I'm good, Mark. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Um, I would like to um, to tell you that I do have your book, most definitely, and I, it is absolutely incredible. Thank I am you. enjoying it so much. I, I read the book. I also bought the CD, and wow. then I listen in my car, and I go back and I read over it, and I go back and I listen in my car. It's going to take me a while to get completely through it, but I am finally having some confidence to debate some of the issues with some of the liberal people I know, mm-hmm. and it's it has made such a difference. Um, I do have a friend on Facebook and um, a liberal, and I had just had enough. And I said, listen, I challenge anyone reading this post to buy Mark Levin's American Marxism. Read it without emotion. Just be intellectual about it. Look at the facts. And then we can talk about it. There is no way someone, after reading this book, unemotionally, leave the I hate Trump out of it. There's no way anyone in their right mind could not see what is going on. And it is breaking my heart. My dad was a World War II vet, lost mm-hmm. his leg in, uh, in the Pacific, oh, and... Boy. It just it breaks my heart to see what is going on in this country. Yeah, it's, and it's amazing. It, it's treasonous. It, mm-hmm. It's not treason. There's an entire, of course, they seek to overthrow our society and replace it with something else, which human history, and not even that much human history, tells us is a, a hideous uh, ideology. And so what's happening is the so-called elites, the people in power, are trying to use their power, in this case the Democrats, they're trying to use their power to change our country to empower themselves. 
And this is what I try to get through to people night after night after night. They want allegiance to the party, not allegiance to the country. They don't care about the country as it's currently formulated. They don't care about the Constitution. It's in their way. They don't care about the Declaration of Independence. It's an old document. It doesn't mean anything to them. They, they, they look at everything from uh, the perspective of government and how to social engineer. And that's exactly what they're doing. And that's exactly what Biden is doing. They're destroying the people in the name of the people. All right, my friend, don't hang up. But we're out of time. I want to send you a signed copy of American Marxism. I want to thank you all. Again, we're now over a million copies sold in all formats, thanks to you. Not me. You've done it. And that means there's a big army of patriots out there that are not even on the radar screen. And that's good. Number two, it is the highest sold nonfiction book of the year. And nobody's going to catch it. Not even this bogus book, Pearl. Uh, So that's not going to happen either. And number three, ten weeks in a row, two and a half months, number one on the New York Times bestseller list. That's you. No big media. No big tech. You. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and and, uh, emergency personnel. I want to thank you all. God bless you, and I'll see you here tomorrow. Take care of yourselves.